The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, let's turn our attention to this now. And um, it's really looking at the attacks on emergency uh, services personnel that seem to be, you know, on, on the increase yet again. And it comes following just this weekend, two paramedics being hijacked, kidnapped, assaulted and also robbed of their personal belongings. The modus operandi uh, being that of a bogus distress call that was made in the Naumapias area near Mamilodi in Pretoria on Saturday. And when the crew arrived there, they were stopped by criminals before being forced to drive to a secluded felt. This is where they were tied up and the assailants then making off with their ambulance. Joining us on the line this morning is Lindelo Mdalosi, who is the public relations officer for the Health and Other Services Personnel Trade Union of South Africa, and that's Hospersa. Lindelwa, good morning, and thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and thanks for having me on the show. Regan Allen is the Western Cape um, MMC uh, for Community Safety. Uh, Regan, good morning, and thanks for your time this morning. Kathy, thank you for bringing us into this particular conversation as well. Um, we know that we have put certain plans in place, and I'm more than happy to to ensure that we, we have these positive engagements around this very, very serious matter. So thank you so much, Kathy. And later on, of course, we'll also hear from uh, a paramedic who will just speak to us about the kind of working conditions that these concerns around safety create for them. Linda, let me give you a chance to kick us off with this conversation. What have you seen in as far as the trends of attacks against emergency services personnel? Um, uh, Kathy, we've received, um, we are receiving a number of incidents and um, these incidents uh, tend to have the same pattern where the EMS workers will be called um, and when they get there and these guys are robbed. So it is really a uh, concern on our side as a union because um, this will deprive um, many people who need um, emergency, um, like people who are sick will really uh, suffer because uh, the EMS workers are a bit scared now to go go out when they are called out for emergencies. Is it in particular locations where this is happening? Uh, mostly we are receiving like alerts in, in mostly in townships where the EMS workers are called out and when they get they they are robbed of their belongings and um, they take the ambulance and drive off. And and, and, and so if, if it's happening mostly in townships and you talk about the fear that emergency services personnel then have when they have to respond to emergencies. This means that it will be those very same townships that will, would be adversely affected. Yeah, that's the sad part because uh, the townships will be affected. Um, and um, at the end of the day, you will find that uh, the EMS workers will also be blamed for not responding to emergencies. Meanwhile, they are scared to go out to the um, townships to respond to uh, emergencies because they, they are being robbed. It's all over. Yeah. It's not um, a case where it is um, in KZN only, but this is a national um, issue which needs to be addressed as 
soon as, as we can. As far as you understand, what are they really after here, Lindelo? Are they after the ambulance? Are they after... Um, because it doesn't make sense to me that, you know, they, they would just have these hijackings to steal, you know, the cell phones of, of, of these emergency mm. services personnel. Um, on my view, Kathy, I do. I think it's just um, it's just they are not attacking uh, with the aim of taking the ambulance or, or, or so, but it's just an act of um, one of uh, the acts of of criminalities which we are experiencing experiencing in this country. So it's not a case where they just need the ambulance, but it's just um, I would say it's robbery. There is no other way of putting it. It's just uh, robbery because um, mm. they just they they would take their belongings and then they would leave them on the field. As it happened yesterday, that they left uh, the two EMS workers um, in a shack. Mm. Regan, speak to us from the perspective of what you have seen in in the Western Cape on this issue. Kathy, thank you so much. We have seen that there has been ongoing attacks and and robberies on essential services, um, and that includes our ENS services, even our social workers, um, and it's deeply um, traumatic for staff members in that particular um, instance. We have also seen, based on our data, that Kaya has been our hotspot in that regard. Since 2020, Kathy, we have embarked on a on a campaign to literally promote the safety and protection of these workers in the community that is jointly done with our neighborhood watchers and our CPF together with the additional deployment that the Western Cape government in partnership with the city of Cape Town have added into our priority areas where we have the LEAP officers helping and assisting. But it is deeply traumatic for those essential service workers who come under attack. And Kathy, the one question that you have asked previously is that we have seen that the modus of, of operandi is literally, um, is literally to, uh, to rob those workers of their belongings, their cell phones, if they have any money on them. We have also noted that when it comes to ambulances, there is attempts in order to confiscate or to steal some of the equipment in that particular um, vehicle. They have not been as successful because those equipment uh, um, are mounted into the ambulances, etc. But um, the vehicles are never taken uh, because we know and criminals are probably also aware that it has trackers, etc. So it's essentially um, um, criminality and our EMS, um, our medical staff, even municipal workers, including ESCOM workers, Kathy, and it really saddens us. Um, it actually makes one angry, considering that these services are in a particular community because it is required. It could be a grandmother that is needing um, urgent uh, medical attention, and then certain perpetrators and criminals will then um, stop that particular vehicle. So it's something that we have taken up with all our safety stakeholders. Here in the Western Cape, we have always been clear that we are needing to to supplement the under-resourcing in the SAPs to create extra visibility and that's what we've done with our LEAP officers, but also the partnership, Kathy. Um, we need to ultimately work together as stakeholders here, and, and we have seen great success since 2020. Um, there's been gradual decreases, but we are always happy to highlight these matters so that it never happens again. With the social workers, when, when you say that they're also coming under, uh, under attack, what exactly is happening there? 
we know that social workers drive a particular um, vehicle, Kathy. I've already had engagements with the MEC for social development, and those particular vehicles are no longer branded uh, because government vehicles have been, across our country, have been targeted uh, because those staff would more than likely have a cell phone on them or would have certain belongings on them that a criminal could potentially uh, take um, and sell off. So when social workers go in, um, it's deeply traumatic even for them wanting to render a service, um, knowing that they are dealing with traumatic incidences themselves, uh, but it's when they go into a, a vehicle and Kathy, I grew up in Mitchell Splendor. One thing I'm so aware of is that when certain vehicles go into a community, they would be your, your, your criminals that would be aware of that is potentially a government employee, that's a social worker. Uh, they're fully aware of if it's an ESCOM van, if it's an EMS van, but, but uh, it's, um, it's literally where they are trying to, to steal the belongings. What's what's concerning for me is that obviously there is a reason why these service providers drive these vehicles, right? Is to say that this is who I am and because I'm here to provide this kind of service, it should offer some level of protection and even recognition. Um, from the community where, where, that they'll that they'll be in, um, that that now has become a means of identifying potential targets of of, of violence and criminality. Mm. Says that there is a significant shift that that has taken place in our communities. Kathy, um, 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 you are highlighting a vital aspect. I would want to state categorically that um, from our view that there is a small group of criminals that is seeing it in that way. But we have seen via our campaigns that we have run with our safety partners, the messaging is very clear that these attacks on staff members have a deep um, um, negative impact on emergency services uh, and in some stage um, um, and in some instances um, it's so heartbreaking considering that the issue ultimately leads to a slower response time to life-threatening incidences and we would never want that in any community uh, hence the community and the neighborhood watches have been actively mobilizing about that. Um, I also have another aspect that I think is very critical. When we saw in Kaya um, two months ago that there was an attack, we made sure that the visibility from our police oversight role that we have as a, um, um, as a province, we made sure that the police officers in that particular vicinity is ultimately signing a register at key points across Kaya so that we can ultimately ensure that there is police visibility and presence which serves as a deterrent uh, for these would-be criminals because we are wanting to ramp up um, our oversight role, which is current, uh, which is the current mandate um, um, of provincial governments to have that oversight. In the same vein, we are still calling for the devolution of policing power so that we can have better management um, of SAPs and not have it all the way in, in Pretoria um, from a national level. But we have seen, Kathy, we are needing to ramp up the oversight, but also the fostering of partnerships, because like I say, it leads ultimately to a slower response time to serious life-threatening incidences. It could be a grandmother, it could be a young child that is in need of those services, it could be a young boy that is needing to urgently speak to that particular social worker, 
now that social worker has been mugged or robbed, which just delays the service. Um, but our community stakeholders are very on board in this regard. Lindelwa, in as far as speaking to communities about this kind of uh, a crime and how they can get involved, what is the message that, that you take out there as Hospersa? Uh, Katie, we would like to call out our communities to help us in identifying these perpetrators because these people live amongst our communities. So I would say surely someone knows like who these perpetrators are. So if communities can help us um, in identifying these uh, perpetrators and and their call to book, then we will not have this um, kind of uh, criminalities against our EMS workers. And the concern is that this has been going on for years and we just can't seem to, to... like find um, a solution. Although government is, is assisting with putting the panic buttons on, on the ambulances, but we also need like um, communities to assist the AMS workers and ensure that um, these guys are safe when they come to, to their communities. Regan, in the Western Cape, through the campaigns you've been running, what has been the response from communities, especially where you know, you, you make that call, as Lindelwa was saying, about mm-hmm. communities also being being part of, of the solution. Because it's, it's difficult for me to see a situation where an ambulance, you know, and, and workers are being attacked or hijacked in a community and nobody sees that. Kathy, mm. we have received amazing feedback from our communities in this regard. I've also, over the last three months, relaunched our reward system or the identification or the probes with regards to illegal firearms because in most of these cases a firearm will be held um, sometimes it is an imitation firearm um, nonetheless um, but it will be firearms that um, these um, criminals brand and that particular number is also widely shared in our communities and we have it's literally two systems whereby if any member of of Kailicha or anywhere in the Western Cape is aware of a perpetrator with a firearm. He's able to call 021-466-0011 and he can either provide that particular information on the whereabouts, what that particular person is wearing, in which um, section of, of, of the area he was running into, etc. Uh, he can do it anonymously. Uh, but also if that particular person wants to uh, make use or obtain the reward of up to 5,000 rand, he or she can then provide his contact details if it leads to the arrest. A 5,000 rand will be um, paid out as a reward to that particular person. I've personally made sure that the SAPS members that man that particular hotline um, has been thoroughly vetted um, so we can ensure that there will be confidentiality and that um, the perpetrators will never know who ultimately received um, the reward. Uh, but we will make sure that those channels are are always fully intact, in right. and that and that number is again zero two one four double six double zero double one. 
Regan, let me thank you for your time this morning, also for being part of this conversation. Western Cape MMC for Community Safety will continue the conversation with Linda Lomdlalose of Hospersa. We'll also then uh, be bringing on board Raj Misseral, who is a paramedic uh, out in KZN, just to speak about his experience as an emergency services personnel member. It's 10.30, time for your latest headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point. We're shining the spotlight on violence, in particular against emergency services personnel uh, when responding to distress calls and the ways in which we have seen the modus operandi. Sometimes you have, uh, you know, bogus calls that are made uh, only for these emergency services personnel to find criminals waiting to ambush them. Uh, Linde Mdlalosi is with Hospersa and we will be joined shortly by a paramedic will speak about his own experience. Lindelwa, as Hospersa, the issue around the bogus calls, is there a way in which you think the system can be strengthened um, just to try and get a sense of what is a true emergency versus the other aspect that we're seeing? Um, Kathy, I think um, there isn't like... um a system, yet, uh, I would say there isn't yet a system where um, the EMS workers can identify a focus call or not, if it's a focus call or not. But um, what I would um, commend um, is the panic buttons that the um, government has have, have, um, rolled out on, on the ambulances. And I would strongly um, like request that uh, the SAPS um, would be put in place to escort the ambulances when they receive calls. All right. Let me go to Sipo in Guatemala. Sipo, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy, and uh, thanks for a great show. Mm. Um. I just want to add my views uh, to the conversation. Go for it, Sipo. Um, you know, I, I don't want to politicize the issue, but uh, we need to realize that uh, the ANC as the ruling party is at the core of our problems. Uh, you see, the issue here that we have is that the police in the main are not doing their job. They should be working hard to prevent these attacks. They should be going out there investigating when there was an attack to make sure that the same thing doesn't happen again. And uh, another issue here is that, you see, the health workers themselves, uh, the people who drive the ambulances, they're not doing themselves any favor. They're taking forever to respond to, to uh, you know, cases of emergencies in townships. You know, uh, this causes them a problem because now, when they are attacked, there won't be any sympathy from the community because we, we don't see them as helping us. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I hear you, Sipo. And, and the unfortunate thing for me about sort of you know, communities that, that will hold that view is that emergency services personnel are employees like anybody else. And so if you are in a position where you're not being given the proper tools of trade, then 
what what is it realistically that you can do because we know that the reason why it takes so long for response times in some communities is because generally um, you know, we have an undersupply of resources, including the very same, you know, um, emergency service vehicles we're talking about. Uh, Katie, we should we should tell the truth about these issues. Um, I'm not sure about some of these issues. You see, the problem with with the the health workers, you know, you'll find some of them going to grocery shops with these uh, uh, ambulances. Some of these people will take these vehicles and go and check their girlfriends, like we say in the townships. Now, how do you do that? We understand there's a shortage of resources in some areas, not in all the areas, but they also add to the problem. You see, there's a lot of factors that contribute to this problem. It's not just the police, it's not just the criminals. The criminals will obviously take advantage of the situation because the police are not doing their work. But also, these health workers are also not doing enough to make sure that they deliver what they're supposed to. Yeah, Sipo, let me give Lindelwa a a chance to come in there. Lindelwa, do you see instances where workers are are signing out these vehicles to use for, and this is for for personal use, ambulances for personal use? Um, Kathy, I heard uh, Sipo's comment. Um, Okay, I welcome the comment, um, but I do not think that um, the EMS workers are supposed to be attacked because they do not respond to calls swiftly. Uh, Firstly, we have to understand, as you are saying, Kathy, that um, these uh, EMS workers are working under a lot of um, challenges uh, with the shortage of ambulances and stuff. So I do not think it's fair that um, the communities would attack them because they take longer to respond to calls. So I, I do not welcome uh, that comment because I do not think it's fair that uh, these guys are attacked because they, they maybe they misuse um, the, the, the vehicles or whether they take longer to, to respond to emergencies. Just hang on for me, Sipo. Um, and in instances where these emergency vehicles are you aware of of examples where they are being misused? So this idea that that, that Sipo is bringing to the table of somebody going grocery shopping with their ambulance, how probable is it? Um, what what is the system that is used to to sign these vehicles out? Um, as was Pesa, we've never had um, any incidents or reports of. Um, specifically our members um, who misuse uh, the, the government vehicles uh, to respond or to, to do their grocery shopping and checking their girlfriends and stuff. So we've never had any, any complaints um, or any, uh, yeah, any complaints that come through to us as a union. Yeah, Sipo? Yes, Katie. You see, I'm not surprised to, to get this sort of response from the representative from the union. Uh, all they do is uh, protect their members, even where they know their members are wrong. Uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, that the, the, at the core of the problem, it's the ANC. And some of these uh, uh, unions come from the ANC. And they are messing up our country because 
they do not do what is right for the country. It's a fact that is known throughout the country that some of these workers just go to work to, to collect their, 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 their paychecks. And the unions will not come on air and, and speak against uh, the, the wrongs that are committed by, 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 by their members. They'll go all out to protect their members. And this is why. Let me give you an example. You, you, a member of your family is, is critically ill, you call an ambulance, they come 10 hours later, and eventually the member dies. What's going to happen to the family? We're going to hate the ambulance services. And when they come to, the, uh, to, to, our, to our township and they are being attacked, we will not protect them. In fact, we will ask some people to do that on our behalf. Sipo, mm. no. No. Yeah. I mean, to, to incite even violence in that way. Do, do mm. you truly believe what you are saying? Look, there are people who are doing that. I'm not, you see, uh, uh, you, you know how life is like in the, in the township. If there's something that we really feel it, it, it's benefiting the, the township, our community, we'll go out, all out to protect it. Look what is happening to, to escort employees. They are being attacked because we feel they are not doing enough, you know, to make sure that when there's uh, power outages, they, they, they go on site and, 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 you know, start with the repairs as soon as possible. They take forever. All right. That's why they are also being attacked. Sipo, we're going to have to leave it there, but it's incredibly problematic, right? That because you are unhappy with the service, then, you know, there's, there's justification for attacks that happen and beyond just attacks that, you know, violence of that nature, that that would be supported by members of by some members of the community because they they've suffered these grave losses ah, no that 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 doesn't sound reasonable to me um sipo shak you're in gokstad good morning oh, uh, good morning uh, Kathy. sorry sorry shake yes go for it uh actually i'm from Durban, Natal. Uh, okay. but i just wanted to uh, uh i'm listening to the uh, the, the conversation that you had with sipo and I think he's totally wrong in saying that he needs to get somebody to attack the ambulance services guys. I'll tell you why. I've got six family members in the EMRS. Uh, two of them are on the controls and four of them uh, on the roads. But uh, when they go out to sections like Amlazi and, and Ombumbulu and places like that, they get attacked and many of them have escaped a lot of attacks. And uh, at the end of the day, these people are service providers, right? And if the resources are less, if they don't have enough resources, how could they accommodate for all the, the people that require them? That's number one. And coming back to using those ambulance vehicles for doing shopping, uh-uh, it's a no-no because I'll tell you why. I'm a truck driver. I drive all over the country. I drive all over Natal. And I've seen, yes, the SAP does that. The Metro Police does that. But I haven't seen the ambulance. You know, I'm not taking sides because I have family members there. The fact of the matter is, one of my family members is now at home. He got injured. He's blind. And he also got brain injury. He's off now for a couple of years now. Now, if you want to attack the ambulance service guys because they're coming late, they're taking long, 
you don't know that when they call them on the radio, as soon as you make a call, they call them on the radio if they are in a certain area and let's say they're in section A in Amlazi and uh, they have to go to section C. They say, okay, we've done the patient, we'll pop in there at the other, uh, at, at section C. This is how you hear them on the radio. They've got radios. But at the end of the day, I think the ambulance service should be linked up with the SAP. Whichever district they are going to, SAP should be there before that or follow them. Uh, that's the only solution. Mm. Criminality is not good when it comes to people who want to save the lives of other people. You've got patients who want them and you've got people that are there to service them. So what are you going to do? Because they came late, your cousin died. Now he died, now you want to attack the ambulance service. Then your other cousin will get sick. Nobody will go there. Sipo is not writing what he's saying. Yeah. He should take back his comment. Yeah, look, Thank you very much. I, I agree with you, Sheikh. I, I guess the, the, the issue around sustainability is, is a big one. And, um, you know, we saw this in the last week where City Power was talking about its, its officials that were coming under attack, that it's simply unsustainable to have every call team that is responding to a fault be escorted by police. We barely have enough police officers to go around in as far as the um, population distribution and the ratio there is, is concerned. And, and so it might not be feasible, I, I think probably not even possible, to have emergency services vehicles that are escorted by police every time that there is an emergency. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll bring on to the show Raj Misaral, who's a paramedic, and he'll speak from some the perspective of somebody who's on the job every day and, and also, I think, address some of the issues that have come up here. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue leading the conversation on the talking point. Let me welcome Raj Misaral, who is a paramedic, and will also then give his own perspective on this conversation we're having when it comes to attacks against emergency services workers. Raj, good morning to you. Thanks for your time. Hi, Kathy. Um, I'm an EMS uh, paramedic, uh, rescue medic in KZN. Um, From what I heard earlier on, the colleague that was speaking, mm-hmm. we go to, you know, when you leave in the morning, you think, um, hey, love, I'll see you later. I'll catch you later. You know, that's what we say. But uh, for my colleagues, recently it's been very painful. I lost a colleague. She went out for a case, a fractured ankle. She never went home. The co-paramedic is paralyzed now. What, I mean, people want us to help them. Yes? <clears throat> That's what we do. We go there, we always go there to solve a problem. A fractured ankle, a cardiac problem, a gunshot, a stab. But then who's watching our back? Nobody watches our back. We are the ones that are Hands down, two hands on the patient. Nobody is behind us. You turn back, you've got a knife in your neck. For my bank card, for my cell phone, that cell phone in places that we go through. I mean, in South Africa, there are no cell communications. You know, no radio comes in some 
places, we depend on our cell phone to call and say, look, I've got a priority one patient. I need a medic. I need another medic. They take the cell phone away. For what? Do they want us to help them? Or do they want us to come to a case where they can take that 50 bucks that I got for my lunch money or that, you know? So, so Raj, if, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, the idea of paramedics then not having uh, personal belongings on them when going out on calls is unsustainable or unviable. So you need your cell phone um, in order to communicate. Exactly. Some areas don't have radio communications. So the cell phone is like, it's like our key to say, you know what, I've got a priority one. I can't stop the bleed on the fractured femur. I need make sure that the hospital has a doctor on call there to help me. But then... What do you think is, is driving the violence, Raj? This country. <laughs> People don't have money, so they look at us as the first easy way to get money out of us. You know, they, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm lost to say, is it the people or the system? But we are there as first responders. My job is to take care of the patient. My both hands are on the patient and somebody comes behind me making a false call to say, you know what, I had a fractured tub fib or something and my hands are on the patient. And now somebody is coming behind me and ripping me off everything I have. I can't say that we need a firearm. That is out of the question because we have both hands on the patient. If somebody attacks me, how do I get to my firearm to protect myself or my crew? Both of us are working on the patient. And, 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 and this view, this view, Raj, that emergency services personnel take too long when responding to calls from community members. What's your, okay, now that, what, what would you have to say about that? And perhaps help okay. us understand what it is that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Okay. You know, you need to look at what the system says. The system says that you need to have one ambulance for 10,000 people. In this country, we don't have that. How can one... It's virtually impossible with the current situation that we have. We don't have enough ambulances to take care of the country. We don't. We actually don't have enough ambulances. Because when you ask... You know, in my... In my base, you should be running six ambulances and, you know, four in sub-districts. But we don't just, we're just running two and one. And when a person calls for help, we don't have enough vehicles to go there. The crew that gets to the first scene is waiting and saying, you know what, I'm going to take this patient, rush out to the hospital, get back to the other case. Because he doesn't have enough support. Kathy, what I'm saying basically Mm. is that we don't have enough ambulances to service this country. 
I'm not talking about Swanee. I'm not talking about Eastern Cape. I'm not talking about KZN. I'm talking about the whole country. Mm. The Department of Health in KZN or South Africa needs to make sure that we have enough ambulances. We can't be running on short staff and short of ambulances, short of equipment. When a person calls for an ambulance, we should be there to sort the problem out. The reason why the other colleague said, the other colleague said that he got there and people are shouting at him about being there too late, is because of two, two problems. One, the caller doesn't give us the right information. And two, we don't have enough support. We don't have ambulance to get there. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a very difficult issue, and I know that the resource constraints are a big aspect of it. I want to take this call very quickly from Ngunzi because you've been holding for some time now, Ngunzi. Uh, good morning, and if you can make your point very briefly. Hello, Ngunzi. Can you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, you know... I didn't want to elevate Sipo's uh, comment because they were just abhorrent, to be honest. I mean, okay. we are talking about uh, 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 essential service here that is rendered to our communities. Our communities need this service uh, desperately so. So we cannot uh, condone violence on the basis of whether they misuse their vehicles or not. That's two different things. Here is the criminality. We, need, we as communities need to take responsibility and help the police to put this thing to rest because it's I mean, we should be outraged. I mean, these people are providing such an essential service. You know, let's just forget about the Yeah, we won't forget about the resources. Yes, they are a problem. They will always be a problem. But the little that we have, we should be protecting. The little that we have, we should be safeguarding because it's very essential for our people. It's very essential for our community. So for someone to come here on air and say, no, People are justified to attack these, uh, the, the paramedics because, I mean, they come late, they, they this and that. It's, not, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. I, I just think, I, I think that sometimes, as, as much as we are entitled to our opinion, sometimes we give a time to people who, who are actually, you know, using the platform, to, so to speak. Thanks, Kepi. All right, thanks for that view, Ngunzi. Uh, yeah, there's no way for me to tell, or, you know, what people say when they're on air. And I think I did call Sipo out for, for making those comments. I, did, I said it was just, you know, completely wrong for him to actually even go to the point of saying that um, violence, there's any way in which violence against emergency services personnel could be justified. Raj, how do members of the community then help you as emergency services personnel, very briefly? Look, there are people that help us. They say to us, you know, I'm, well, you know, hey, you you got to a point where people get angry, yes. They get very upset if you're late. But when we talk to them and say to them, you know, I've only got one ambulance and how far can I go with it, you know? Depending on distances in in, in the area that we work, it's difficult, but there are certain people that will help us. There are certain people that will throw bottles that are stones at our vehicles and say, you know, you're late and you're useless. But it's it's hard for me to ask communities to say, you know what, guys, you you helped me for getting here. You know, at least you got here. 
they need to understand, communities need to understand that with the limited resources that we have, they need to go to their politicians and communities. Look, do something to help these people to get more ambulances. It, I know it's hard. It's a resource problem, but we are trying. Right. We are there for you. Mm. We are always there for you. As community, we are there for you. It will take us some time. It's not our fault. So don't hurt us. I mean, come on. Raj, we're going to leave it there for this morning. I think that this conversation is absolutely worth a follow-up. Raj Misaral is a paramedic. We also heard from Linda Lomglalosi, who is with Hospersa, and Regan Allen, the MEC for Community Safety in the Western Cape. It's just after 11 o'clock. It's time for your latest news.